Welcome to Everyday Animism, a weekly podcast exploring all things animism, particularly how animism impacts everyday life. The podcast is hosted by Kelly Harrell, Brandis Schnabel, and Janet Roper. Let's dive in. Hello. Hello there. Welcome. How are you? Good. Ready on Janet to pop in. So happy almost uh, fall equinox. Indeed. It is flying by. Hey, Janet. Hi there. I like this time of the year. I do too. I do too. It's when I feel the best. Yeah, there seems to be more energy in the air or something. I don't know what it is. It's not, this, the summer slows me down. Like, I just feel terribly encumbered during the summer. And I think a lot of people feel this liveliness in the spring when everything thaws out. But yes. in the fall, I feel uh, its own kind of exuberance. Big words. It feels like, uh, for me, I mean, I like the cold season. So there's, for, for me, and by the way, everyone, the topic is the equinox. But um, I feel like the for me, the autumn equinox has this anticipatory, I love winter and I love sweaters and blankets and I, and snow. And um, I like taking walks where I can see all of the exposed birds' nests once the leaves have fallen out of the trees. And when spring comes, I, I still enjoy the climate and everything coming to life, but there's this underlying knowledge that summer is coming exactly yes and said in that tone of voice too i hear what you're saying because of the humidity and the mosquitoes and i just me and summer aren't the best of friends no yeah i mean it just has a harsh i mean it's to me the harshness of summer and some of its preference some of its who you are some of its i mean which one affects you absolutely all of those things come into play and and where you live um but for me summer it's humid it's it's long it's a lot of you know i have a small kid so it's constant you know sunscreen monitoring and you know outdoor stuff that's um not just like enjoying the outdoors but like chasing someone who's not super inclined to listen and you know i'm just i just feel like i spend the whole time sweating yep yeah, that's what I mean. That's the case here. I mean, literally, you break into a sweat walking to the mailbox, mm-hmm. which is you know a whole twelve feet away. It, it's it's just insane. I mean, I'm in southeastern North Carolina, and it is just hot as hell. It really, I think hell is not as hot as it is here in the summer. Yeah, and I I think here we have like we don't have the extreme temperatures, but we've got like some really brutal humidity. Um, so, it, I mean, it really does depend on where you are. I mean, some mm-hmm. people have these beautiful temperate summers and live in still pretty comfortable. And some people live in winter places where their experience of winter is much more extreme mm-hmm. and to be kind of respected, you know, a little more <laughs> dreadfully than than I probably do, even living in the snow belt. And here in Montana, summer also means the smoke season or the fire season. Right. Yes. Hunting begins here, mm-hmm. which is, you know, its own sort of ritualistic observation, but it also poses certain challenges if you live in rural areas. There's almost yeah. almost always 
accidental deaths this time of year because of hunting. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm adjacent to some rural areas too. And that's, there's that. And, um, it's also, I mean, this time of year is also when road construction is in full bloom, um, which I don't enjoy. I I notice especially, um, you know, you get, you get good weather and you know, you're going to have some longer stretches of warm weather. So, you know, you got all these construction zones, all that kind of stuff too to contend with and I just look forward to cozying up with a book I think of autumn or fall as just the anticipatory knowledge that I'm about to live in leggings and boots and sweaters Mm -hmm. and yeah yeah Mm -hmm. and I know it's crazy and people here definitely think I'm crazy when I say this but I have already felt the season changing for about two weeks. I would say in earnest for about two weeks. And the first place I notice it is in my skin and in my hair. Mm -hmm. And I mean, like you said, depending on where you live, different seasons trigger different physical reactions or even conditions. And I can tell big time. I mean, it's been humid as shit. Still, we, we still, you know, everybody's recovering from the hurricane here, but even with all of that, I can tell that the base humidity is sliding. I can tell that the core temperature of the ground is lowering because our hot water heater is having to work harder. It, it's just, it's like tiny, tiny, maybe even infinitesimal changes, but they come up this time of year every year and only yeah. become more obvious as we get closer to the colder weather. Yeah, I think um, what I've noticed, and just for reference to for listeners who might be popping in or may not remember, Janet's in Montana, Missoula, um, Kelly's in North Carolina, not on the coast, but inland, and I'm in Northeast Ohio. Um, And I I feel like this is the time of year, at least in my area, where the weather becomes really unpredictable in ways that are hard, Um, whether it's some of it's physically, like every client I have who's prone to migraines has come in yes. just mis- miserable because we had, we've had 90 degree weather and then we had rain for days that put us back down in the sixties. And we're, you know, today we're back up to 80 um, and it's hot and sunny. And yesterday it poured rain all day long. And then, so that, you know, the unpredictability of the weather, you know, when I have clients that work outdoors, you know, they're talking about the difficulty of getting things done, you know, finishing up summer projects while you're, you're waylaid for multiple days of rain or it's too hot or um, it's just a really unpredictable time. What does that mean for you spiritually? Like how does, I mean, does the unpredictability carry over into other areas? I feel like I spend a lot of time um, waving at it's it, it, because it feels like it's sort of this negotiation of like the warm season is deciding when to fully exit and the, the cooler season is kind of tiptoeing its way in and they're kind of doing this little dance and I feel like I'm waving at each of them at, at every turn. Like I'm, I'm savoring the days where I'm getting, uh, you know, a little bite of autumn and then I'm, you know, just appreciate, I I do feel like I appreciate summer a little bit more when it's on its way out, just because I'm like, you know, these Mm -hmm. are the last few really warm days. And so there's a little bit of gratitude for me, whereas early summer comes with a little bit of dread. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and midsummer is full on frenzy for me. 
I, I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I feel like I, I have a bit of compassion and gratitude and I'm, I'm sort of greeting the hot days with that, you know, you're sav- savoring the last of it. And then the autumn, it's, it's kind of like this playful, like, Ooh, I see you. I'm going to wear a cardigan today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like just a very, but I, I feel like the land kind of waiting on it to settle on all of it to settle. Like there's a stillness to the nature around me. That's sort of like, none of that has significantly changed. Got some leaves falling, but they're from trees that still look pretty green. Like you can't really tell. Um, It's just, it's sort of a pause, even though we're heading into a season of pause, of winding down, I guess, but winter is more of a pause. I think that, well, I don't remember the word you used, but that sort of like, I don't know, what was the word that you used? The sense of kind of things being mixed up or not predictable. I think unpredictable was the word you used. It really suits this as the middle harvest Sabbath, though, because like the first Sabbath is, you know, historically we're living locally, like everything, you know, what we eat, what we do, what we wear, what's available to us is based on what's locally available. And the first, you know, summer harvest is like the opportunity to really eat, like really eat the big good foods that you've been waiting Mm -hmm. for, that you've been tending all this time. And the middle Sabbath of harvest, which is this one, is figuring out what you can still eat, but what you need to carry over. And so I think that sense of like, eh, maybe sort of kind of, I think it's really appropriate. And here too, this is a time it, agriculturally, um, it, and I just had a conversation about this a few days ago, this is a time of really assessing with the way the weather is, um, you know, whether certain areas that are um, growing, are they worth harvesting? Is it worth keeping, you know, migrant workers? Um, Or is it time to start shutting down farms, Uh, you know, for smaller farms anyway, it's time to start evaluating, like, what's worth harvesting, what's going to actually make it if there, you know, there's too much rain, you get bugs, you get back, you know, stuff growing, bad stuff growing. If you don't, you know, it gets cold, you don't know when that first frost is coming. So this is a really, it is sort of like a midway point of like, is when is it time to fully come to a close mm-hmm. with the summer season? And I would imagine that it takes experience to know that. Because as you were talking about that, Brandy, I was thinking, man, there is not anything that's further from my life about thinking about closing down the farm. Is it going to be this? Is it going to be that? Which I think speaks to how far I've grown or my family has grown from living off the land. Right. And it's and the living off the land is more complicated than just the food coming off of the land too. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, most agriculture isn't just for, it's not, you know, a family's agriculture. It's, you know, even small farms, they're, they're trying to make money as well. So the harvest isn't just the product, but, you know, product and can you also get it sold? Are you going to, you know, use up a lot of labor and energy um, picking things that you don't have anywhere to send right now? Because maybe the people you uh, had it earmarked for are in the area where the hurricane just hit and they ain't got nowhere to put it. (laughs) um, Right. 
there's a ton of stuff that goes into, you know, you're, you're responsible for the workers you keep on hand and giving them hours to work. And um, there's a ton that goes into it that's very interesting. And, and it's interesting to speak to people who experience that. So they may not describe it as intuitive, but it's a very intuitive way of living. And it's a sort of a natural way of being engaged in the seasons without the effort that some, the rest of us mm-hmm. not working in agricultural or off agriculture off the land we don't live that way and we don't experience things that way we have to kind of drum up these these shifts right well and you can do it I mean you can (laughs) reconnect with your land in a way that you develop that kind of awareness but like Janet is saying it's not going to happen from one sitting It, it takes tending ongoing over time but it can also be as simple as going to your farmers markets and noticing what they don't have and how the the stalls are dwindling at this time yeah and i you know i was just thinking when you were talking kelly and and janet with what you just said like for me when we talk when you talk about the practical experience of the land i live on and i'm responsible for um you know we just finished repainting and really um getting our deck set up so that it's usable and now the season's about to shift um but i notice like i'm out there every minute i can be in the evenings and there's this sort of ritualistic process of um i don't need to do it but i enjoy sweeping all of the early fall leaves off of the deck before i sit down and do my thing and it's that that in and of itself is a touchstone into like things are changing um and i'm i'm tending that in a way that i wouldn't be if it was july like i I wouldn't have leaves falling on the deck the leaves here already started to turn yellow and um some of them have already started to fall and they're crunchy already and i love that part of the fall is when the leaves are dancing yeah, I swear it just snowed there. It seems like no time ago, Janet. Your your warm season seemed really short this year. It, it's I think it's that way, you know, all the time. Wow. So yeah. this is is this your third fall living there, Janet? It is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's no snow on the mountains yet, or at least the mountains that are you know directly across from me. Um, but that will be coming soon. Yeah, it's interesting to um, think about how each of us are so impacted by the difference in our in our region. Like Janet, I think so. It's so interesting how completely differently people experience the weather and the seasons where you are based, like on altitude. Like altitude yeah. itself is like its own entity where you are. Yep. For the people experiencing, um, you could live not far probably from someone, but if they were much higher up than you just totally different experience and and here I think we're very affected by the moisture and and this sort of like micro weather that comes down from the Great Lakes Um, and I think it makes it a little more humid than if you were to even go a little further south of us it just seems sticky here and then Kelly's just like in the furnace oh god yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) you know it's not even a furnace it's like it's just a steam bath constantly. It, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just gross. I mean, there's really no other, for me at least, there's no other word for it. It's just gross. I mean, you're just sticky and hot. Even with the air conditioning, like the humidity, the air conditioning can't even combat that. It's it's just gross. I, I look forward to feeling dry <laughs> soon, mm-hmm. I hope. 
I was and, thinking, and that's part of what I look forward to too. Go ahead. I'll, before before we change the subject, I was thinking like even where I lived, I like I've lived in this region all of my life, and my memory of what the the weather is here is not what the weather is now. And so like for yeah. people who, this is a huge area where people tend to move from the North and they come here and they're like, oh, it's so hot or, you know, and I know it's hot compared to where they've been, but, but their, their identity of the season now, and even if they've been here for like 10 years, it's really different from my memory of what this has always been. And I feel like an idiot sometimes because that memory is no longer accurate. Like it, you know, it no. was true for 20 some years of my life and it's not anymore. And so people are like, well, what's it usually like this time of year? And I'm like, well, I don't know. Let's wait and see because it's just changing. And it is, I mean, there's actual data on that. I'll try and find the article to put in the show notes for, um, I think it was Nick that recently shared Nick Haney that recently shared um, the article about, you know, what is the temperature going to be in your region, your hottest me. day? Yeah somebody yeah yeah um but it was interesting because you could also look back like what how much warmer is it right now than it was the year you were born kind of thing for where you're at and it i mean there's data to support it it's not our imagination but it's also like a moving target we have to kind right. of remain connected to and it, it's interesting it's interesting too because you can feel the shift in um when we transition into the seasons, you know, like mm-hmm. <laughs> often people will be like, I love summer. And it's like, there's three weeks left of spring technically based on the earth and all, you know, when the right, technical right. summer solstices, that kind of thing. And, you know, even with fall, we've long been in this, at least around here. I used to go to my first day of school um, the week after Labor Day. Mm-hmm. And part of that is I lived in a, a rural Uh, largely agricultural community and there was a state fair labor day weekend that like none of the farm kids were going to be coming to school and so we just started school in september after labor day and here just a couple towns over you know school starts mid august mid to late august so you know it's like it felt like when i was growing up school coincided with fall i'm sorry i'm on my front stoop I don't know if you can hear the car, but um, my school for me coincided with the start of fall. Like it was right there on the doorstep and now it's, it's, they're out of sync entirely. It's interesting. That's the way it was for me too, Brandy, when I was growing up. And I remember, you know, going to school with the the fall clothes, not the summer clothes, Mm -hmm. but the fall clothes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I was in I was '90s kids for for like junior high and high school, and like you know, so it was, I mean, it was flannel all day long anyway. But I just remember having you know my Doc Martens and my new jeans and my flannel shirts and stuff, and and it was actually getting chilly in September, and now it's like yeah, I mean. I bought my kid new clothes for the upcoming season, but she can't wear any of them. Right. Well, I think yeah. that that sense of fluctuation, like we can't even concretely say what our current season is going to do. I think that sense of unease is is part of climate change. I mean, I, yeah. I, I mean, I think that one of the best things about um, Evelyn Reisdyke's book, I think it's called The Norse Shaman. She goes into detail about 
how for the Norse people, I mean, we're talking winter people, you know, the bulk of the year is winter for these people and their whole culture developed around that and how climate change radically affected them from a cultural standpoint, from farming, from what they ate to when they could eat it and how they could sustain. But the stress of climate change radically impacted their spiritual practices. And that's something that I never thought about, but I see it all around me. Like I see it in my, my, my own life right now, but I see it all around me in other people. And I, I'm wondering how, yeah. you know, just what comforts we can take in what we do know of season to help us deal with the bigger seasonal shift that's happening for the planet. Yeah. And and it is really a huge shift that that unpredictability in the weather, I don't think was as pronounced as it used to be. And it impacts, you know, the ground saturation and how things grow and it, it impacts agriculture significantly. And it, it does cause health issues. It seems like everybody's had, you know, the seasonal allergies are bad, worse than it seems like last year. You know, people with migraines are just reeling every day. Um, and then there's this touchstone that moves a little and, and is unpredictable. And I, I think just witnessing it and, and verbalizing it and kind of noticing it with other people is part of what our seasonal observances are anymore. And not expecting to land. Just, right. just let it stay in flux and just drop mm-hmm. the expectation that it, it's going to mm-hmm. land somewhere and you'll recognize it when you land and just, just, just go with it. Yeah. That's about the only way to manage it. I think. I think so too. So we, yeah. we haven't and, actually and- said, but the equinox is on the 22nd. The universal time is 154. So if you figure mm-hmm. out a converter for your local area, start from the universal time of 154. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I, um, are the two of, do you, are the two of you planning anything specific for this weekend? I am up to my eyeballs and stuff going on this weekend. And I'm hoping that some of that can at least be taking a breath outside intentionally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I actually will be out and about in Amish country, uh, that day, which is just gorgeous this time of year. I, I somehow have ended up with a yearly um, retreat thing that I go to every, it's always the weekend of autumn equinox, um, which ends up being really nice um, because it's, you know, it's really pretty down there. I get to spend a lot of time at like partly outdoor markets uh, shopping middle of the day. And so I feel like I do get this sort of, it's sort of organic for me. It's not a intentional, I'm not spending a lot of time with other people framing it around the equinox but i'm getting to experience a shift by way of that that change and i'll be out in my yard and possibly downtown going to the farmer's market that sounds nice i think i have yard work to do i mean that really that's Mm -hmm. the big seasonal marker right now is is getting Mm -hmm. everything ready to be dormant Mm mm-hmm that's something that I miss being out here because my yard is rocks, literally. Um, and, you know, there's grass that grows up and it gets uh, weed whopped. What do you call it? Weed whacked? Yeah. yeah. Weed yeah. whacked down, you know. But as far as preparing, working in the earth, preparing that, I really miss it. 
I've never found like the right balance with that. And, and maybe that's something to explore with like my fall cleanup. Cause we, we have kind of resolved to do it ourselves this season since we've kept up the property a little bit better than in previous years. And, you know, maybe that's something I'll spend some time with when I get back in town on Sunday is just kind of looking at, you know, what's my role in preparing my own property for becoming dormant. Cause I'm, I am getting pretty close to that. Yeah. And I also interesting, uh, this is sort of an adjacent observation, but I, you know, I had someone in my office who does tend the land, you know, for their job. And I recently went on a, you know, office indoor plant buying spree. So there's just, there's green, there's plants everywhere in both of my office spaces. And uh, this person just looked around and was like, all I see is weeds. I don't want to tend a single thing. I don't want to tend a single thing inside my house. I'm like, I walk in my house and I don't want to have, and it was interesting to, to think about what privilege there is in tending plants indoors being a novelty, a thing that is like a hobby. rather than living living off of it and having all these plants that you know they don't produce fruit can't make tea out of them like they serve they're ornamental and how lucky I am that that gets to be my experience somewhat of some nature it it was a little bit humbling humbling moment so yeah we're at about time anybody have any other suggestions for you know if someone's not really done anything intentional around the holiday or the sabbat or the seasonal change whatever you want to call it um things to keep in mind or things to look for i think it's good to just go sit in your space i mean that's my go-to for everything is to just tell people to to get in your space as much as possible and as as fully as you can and it doesn't have to be for this long duration it doesn't have to be this barefoot in the grass kind of thing but to just intentionally be where you are and and notice Mm -hmm. the signs and the changes around you great provides a touch and if you do it each seasonal change it is a touchstone because you can look back and think you know what did this look like a few months ago and this might be the last seasonal change where, you know, the next one's going to be chilly, most likely. So this is a good one to maybe do that last barefoot on the grass as a, you know, intentional observance. Yeah. yeah. It's not a bad idea. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I, everyone have a great autumn equinox, fall equinox, uh, spring equinox, if you're in the lower hemisphere. And... I will see you both next week. Y'all take good care. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening this week. If you'd like more information on Kelly, Brandis, or Janet, or to listen to past episodes of our podcast, get some more information on our resource page, you can find all of those tidbits at everydayanimism.tumblr.com. See you next week.